Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to episode number 217 of The Draft Analyst, presented by the Blee Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? I'm your host, Chris Tripodi, and with me, as always, is Tony Pauline, and we're back again this week to hit the Thursday bowl games and the Friday non-college football playoff games. We'll have another show soon to cover those games a bit more in-depth than we do on these rundown shows. Five games to get to on this one was seven until we had a couple cancellations, so, Tony, let's get to it. Absolutely. Uh, hopefully, uh, the, the bowl schedule will remain constant the way it is now. Uh, obviously, as we're doing this podcast, the Sun Bowl is looking for, for an opponent for Washington State as Miami pulled out. Uh, let's hope they find one because that's one of the more fun bowl games to watch. Now, we'll get to this week's show in just a minute. But first, a word from our sponsor. We're back in better than ever with a new web interface for the rest of the NBA and football seasons and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-50, to receive your bonus. Fewer close games in the coming days than the last two. Just Pittsburgh and Michigan State has a spread under five points. A game I'd be surprised to see get out of hand in either direction, especially with no Kenny Pickett for Pitt. Kind of a bummer to see Kenny Pickett not playing against Michigan State, uh, whose defense was the number one sack defense in the Big Ten. Would have liked to see that matchup. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and your home to bet on all the bowl games. Bet online where the game starts. Thursday's action kicks off with the Mayo Bowl at 1130 in the morning. Battle of the Carolinas, North Carolina against South Carolina. And Tar Heels quarterback Sam Howell will play in this one, despite the fact that he is fully expected to declare for the NFL draft. Tony may have a bit more insight on that in a minute. But Howell hasn't really carried his team this season, as plenty of his skill players left in the offseason for the NFL a lot of people expected Howell to really take the reins and, and take over. He hasn't quite done that, but he has shown more athletic ability than in years past. Sometimes, though, that athletic ability is on display because he's running for his life. Uh, and that's despite having a left tackle in Asim Richards, a right tackle in Jordan Tucker, and a right guard in Marcus McKeithen blocking for him up front. I mean, you're going to see all those guys in the NFL at some point. And they've done a nice job paving the way for running back Ty Chandler, though. Ty Chandler's a solid player in his own right at running back. So keep an eye on him, kind of a guy who's really kept this offense on schedule when it's going off the rails a bit for South Carolina, no Kingsley and Igbari off the edge or leading rushers, a Quandre white. But since we mentioned the UNC offense, the Gamecocks do have a few defenders who look to slow down Sam Howell and company, Jordan Strachan at transfer from Georgia state, great athlete, but didn't really translate that to production in the sec. Still an intriguing prospect. Nonetheless, safety RJ Roderick, a four-year starter with solid size, and defensive lineman Aaron Sterling and Jabari Ellis, who will look to pick up the slack for Anik Barre in this matchup. 
You know, you would think that the uh, Aaron Sterling and Jabari Ellis would be a good matchup against the North Carolina offensive line, which was supposed to be good, but has really underachieved, sort of like the Oklahoma defense that we just talked about on the uh, uh, on our previous show. You were right. You're right on the money with Jordan Strachan. Jordan Strachan got second round grades from scouts coming into the season. And at this point in time, he's a lot more uh, athlete than he is football player. I do like Nick Muse, the Gamecock uh, tight end, a guy who's going to go day three in what is a very crowded uh, tight end class. You know, going to be interesting. I mean, next year, at this point in time next year, we'll be talking about Spencer Rattler leading the South Carolina Gamecocks as he entered the transfer portal, and that's where he will be playing. As far as Sam Howell, I haven't heard anything new on it. I still hear he's kind of on the fence. Uh, I had heard at one point in time that he was leaning towards going back to school. You would think the fact that he's playing in this game kind of verifies that and gives credibility to that. We'll see what happens. Going to be tough for him. I mean, he comes off a very bad season, as you mentioned, did not live up to expectations. And as we spoke about a couple of times, I think there were just too many designed runs for Sam Howell, whether it was because the offensive line was so bad, whether it was because he didn't have enough receivers to throw to, but he was really out of his element when he was forced to run the ball and really asked to pick up yards with his legs. Next up on Thursday, the Music City Bowl at 3 p.m. Purdue against Tennessee. Unfortunately, in this one, no edge rusher George Karlaftis or wide receiver David Bell for the Boilermakers. Karlaftis is a guy who's going to be a first-round pick. No reason for him to play in the bowl game. Bell, likely a day-two guy. Very productive, but certainly questions about separation with him. Obviously, both of those decisions, pretty understandable. But the Jalens at linebacker are still there for Purdue. Jalen Graham and Jalen Alexander, two solid athletes who should go later on in the draft, as should athletic left tackle Greg Long for the Volunteers. Top prospect, cornerback Alante Taylor for Tennessee opted out of this game. But do keep an eye on wide receiver Velas Jones Jr., 52 catches, 722 yards, and six touchdowns this season, as well as right tackle Cade Mays and defensive tackle Matthew Butler. Butler had an impressive 43 tackles from the inside with five sacks this year. I mean, obviously a bummer when you have the absence of Karlaftis and Bell and Taylor, too. We'd have seen Cade Mays challenged in a big way by Karlaftis. We could have had a David Bell-Alante-Taylor matchup, two players with good size. Alas, we don't get those opportunities. What are you going to watch for instead, Tony? Yeah, I know Jet fans are not going to be too happy that Carl Laftis is, isn't playing because that's uh, one of the players they have their, their heart set on. And, and the fact is this, you know, we talked about it during, during the year in this podcast. Carl Laftis struggled against the bigger offensive linemen when he went up against Wisconsin, when he went, went up against Farlele of, uh, of Minnesota. And that's what Cade Mays is. He's a big, mauling, punch-in-the-face type of lineman that Carl Laftis had trouble with. So we're going to miss out on that matchup. Absolutely agree with you on the uh, two linebackers for uh, Purdue, Jalen Graham and Jalen Alexander. Uh, terrific pursuit linebackers, outstanding run and chase linebackers. Uh, Greg Long, I think, projects as a zone blocking guard. And keep an eye on Xander Horvath. He's listed as a running back for Purdue, but he's more of your traditional West Coast type of fullback. He's a bigger running back who was a terrific pass catcher out of the backfield and also does a real good job blocking maybe one of the few, if not only fullbacks that are selected in next year's draft. Now the big news on the Peach Bowl, which is seven o'clock on Thursday, as we alluded to earlier, no Kenny Pickett for Pitt in this game against Michigan State. And then we did talk a few episodes ago how anything Pickett did during the conference title game wasn't going to affect his draft stock. 
it was going to be what he did in the offseason, what he did in the draft process, and what he did at the Senior Bowl. Question is, does the same go for this bowl game against a, a tough defense in Michigan State? Pickett could have probably proved something in this game, more than he could have proved against Wake Forest. In the end, probably still going to come down to the Senior Bowl and the pre-draft process. No wide receiver Taysier Mack for Pitt either. But keep an eye on the left side of that Panthers offensive line where Carter Warren and Marcus Miner are going to work to protect the blind side of new quarterback Nick Patty. For Michigan State, no Kenneth Walker, another top running back prospect, opting out of a bowl game. But Jacob Panashuk should see a decent amount of Warren on the edge on offense, even without Walker. This MSU offensive line is very impressive, even without the injured Jared Horst. Right tackle Kevin Jarvis, center Matt Allen, and left tackle A.J. Curry all have NFL futures. Yeah, I, I don't know that Michigan State's defense is really good. They're just good pass rushers. I, I mean, they lead the, the Big Ten in pass rushing, but I think for overall defense, they're, they're kind of down. I would agree with you. It's going to be a great matchup for Carter Warren, who I believe has announced that he's going back to Pitt uh, to play in 2022 rather than enter the draft. And Marcus Miner, the uh, Maryland transfer, who really does not get the love that he deserves, in my opinion, Keep an eye on Pitt's tight end, Lucas Kroll, who looks like a big power forward on the football team. Not the fastest guy, not the most productive guy, but definitely improved his game when he goes up against Xavier Henderson, a guy who I like, who's a real good football player, but just not a great athlete. Henderson has got solid ball skills. He's tough against the run, but he's got a size disadvantage to Kroll. That's something to keep an eye on. I'll confirm for you that Carter Warren and also Marcus Miner will be returning to Pitt in 2022 so there you go on that news and we will cap off the thursday slate with the las vegas bowl at 10 30 it's wisconsin against arizona state another running back opting out rashad white will not play for arizona state also you're not going to see cornerbacks chase lucas and jack jones or linebacker darian butler we will continue to watch Jaden daniels though junior quarterback who really just needs to cut down on his mistakes but does have a lot of talent can make all the throws and he uses his legs to escape the pocket and gets yards as well. Wisconsin's top prospects, both offensive tackles, Logan Bruss and Tyler Beach, along with tight end Jake Ferguson, who really has been around for what feels like forever. He is a redshirt senior and made an immediate impact as a freshman several years ago. So, I mean, we've been talking about Jake Ferguson for pretty much five years at this point. No real great matchups to watch in this game but they definitely have some interesting prospects between the two teams. Yeah, absolutely. Keep an eye on Wisconsin cornerback Fayon Hicks. You know, in some areas of the scouting circle, he's getting mid-round grades. I'm not as high on him. There are some people who do like him. Scott Nelson is another guy. I don't think Scott Nelson is going to be drafted. If he is drafted, it's going to be late. He's not a great athlete, but he's a sensational football player. He's going to be what they call, a lot of people, I should say, brand him as a make-it guy, likely not to be drafted but will make it through camp as a uh, number three or number four safety and, and a uh, uh, special teams player. Arizona State, with all those uh, opt-outs, is very disappointing. I will say this about Jaden Daniels. I think he absolutely made the best decision going back to school. He had been thinking seriously about entering the draft. One of the issues, uh, what he was waiting for, was whether or not Herm Edwards was going to keep his job because there was a lot of issues at Arizona State, potential recruiting violations, NCAA investigations. And right after Arizona State said that Herm Edwards was coming back for 2022, Jaden Daniels made his announcement that he was coming back, and I think it was a, it was a real good one. A uh, couple of uh, defensive linemen to keep an eye on. 
at Arizona State who'll play in this game. DJ Davidson is a guy who creates a lot of uh, havoc on the inside. And Michael Mattis, a redshirt junior defensive end who gets a lot of good pass rush force up the field as a pass rusher. On Friday, we start in the morning with the Gator Bowl. Originally, this was Texas A&M in this game, but that Aggie squad that was going to be depleted by opt-outs is now depleted by COVID. They were going to face off against Wake Forest, but now due to that outbreak, they've been replaced by Tony's favorite college, Rutgers. Certainly not the same level of team or prospects as Texas A&M, but Rutgers does have some interesting players on defense. Another Fadukasi with NFL potential, linebacker Olakunle Fadukasi, and some pieces in the secondary and safeties, Christian Izine and Avery Young. Also, keep an eye on cornerback Patrice Rene. It actually meshes well in terms of matchups with the strength of Wake Forest, which is the passing game. Quarterback Sam Hartman certainly likes to sling it. Jaquari Robertson, 71 catches, 1,078 yards, and eight touchdowns this season. Should see a lot of Renee on the outside, potentially some help from Izine and Young as well. And obviously this matchup really just thrown together at the last minute. But Tony, am I wrong to say that there is actually some intrigue here, despite the general lack of draftable prospects and the presence of a sub 500 football team in a bowl game? Yeah, I mean, give Greg Schiano credit. I mean, he's basically turned this program around. He turned it around last year. I, I think he's probably a little disappointed in the way they played this year. Uh, but still, they're going to a bowl game. And, you know, you mentioned uh, four of those guys in the defensive secondary at, at Rutgers. All four of them, I don't know if they're, any of them are going to be drafted, but they will all be in camp uh, next year. Maybe Christian Eisen, who's a uh, redshirt junior, he sticks around. I think he's got draftable potential in 2023. Uh, Bo Melton is another guy who could go late in the draft. Isaiah Pacheco, the junior running back, is a real good player. Uh, the other matchup to watch is Wake Forest left tackle Tom Zach, who projects to center in the NFL going up against Julius Turner and Mohamed Torre of that the Rutgers defensive line, both undersized, explosive guys. And, you know, one guy that's kind of fallen off the uh, radar is Ifeni Maije, uh, the Temple transfer, who literally two years ago, people were talking about him being a middle-round pick, a potential third-round choice, a guy who was constantly getting penetration, three-technique type of tackle, but his career has leveled off and he even regressed in some instances. And now he's a backup a rotational lineman at uh, Rutgers. And that's it for the 217th episode of the Draft Analyst, presented by Bet Online and the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe on any of the major podcast platforms and leave us a rating and a review. And feel free to ask us any questions and give any feedback you may have as well. We'll be back soon to take a close look at the two college football playoff games. But until then, for Tony Pauline, this is Chris Cipotti. Good night. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.